The conference finals are in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders that's big time here in Phoenix are separated from the pretenders to give you some skin in the game. DraftKings will be offering free to play pools every day. Of the basketball playoffs offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. Yep. That's right. Up to $10,000 in total prizes are up for grab each day. The best part, it is completely free to play. The DraftKings free to play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, Go to pools and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from what team will hit the most three-pointers to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to get free your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. Tim Kitzer here, the voice of NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. Welcome to the Solar Panel. Tonight's matchup, Espo versus the Silver Fox versus Carmel Thunder. Boomer Shakalaka. Ahoy, ahoy. Hello and welcome everybody to another edition of the Solar Panel. Whether you're watching us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, satellite dish from the 1980s, however you're watching us or if you're listening to us, on demand on your podcast platform of choice. We are more happy than you know to have you, the fucking dollar. Ahoy, hoy. Joining me as always is the man, the myth, the legend, just because he's old. It's the Silver Fox, Dave King. How are you, Dave? Back from the grave. How's it going? <laughs> you look like. You look like Jeff Van Gundy Field. Every game, huh? <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> and Better watch out. Us. If we get into a fight, I'll wrap myself around one of you guys' legs, try to separate you. Dear Lord. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Here we go. No, that's us. Jeff Van Gundy's last I image know. in the NBA. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. All right, all right. And joining us also is the Carmel Thunder from Down Under. Saul Bookman, who stole my look today wearing the orange shirt along uh, with me. Let's be clear. Who was first on the stream today? That's this uh, guy. It's always you. you uh, exactly. You I showed up just, early today, which I think is a first. You did. You did just show up early. Good job. I couldn't believe you were on when I logged in. Yeah, yeah I beat Dave here. So how about that? <laughs> <laughs> we we do have a this very beat me special we do have a very special guest coming up on today's episode is Freddie Coleman from ESPN Radio. He'll be he's joining. A, he's us. actually ready to join us. Well, then let's ready. bring hey. let's bring him in. One, <laughs> All right, here we go. Freddie Coleman from Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Freddie, uh, Greg Esposito, uh, Dave King, Saul Bookman. How are you, sir? I'm better now. I have after this comedy routine, you three should take this act on the road and make some money. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think people would pay not to watch this. Yeah, we've I don't seen, know about uh, that. You're giving this comedy away for free. People pay good money for this kind of comedy. You should try to make some money out of this, guys. Well, Freddie, we try. 
<laughs> it just hasn't worked yet. Yeah. <laughs> Freddie, before we get into into talking sons and some NBA, I want to take a minute uh, on a personal note. Dave and I were talking earlier this week, and you have been the soundtrack to many of us who have worked, uh, you know, sporting events late night, driving home. You were a voice that kept us company kept us going on the road when we had long drives somebody in the chat said you know you have you've been a voice that helps them working the late shift over the years so so thank you sir for your service i know it probably was disruptive to living a normal schedule in your own life but you have been a a big big help to a lot of us over the years why i really appreciate the kind words and the listen as well gentlemen i tell people all the time that if i'm getting people to their destination safely then I'm definitely doing my job, especially more than ever before when people you, you you don't mind, I guess, having some kind of stresses in your life to find what kind of person that you are. And you're going to, have to deal with those kind of things when life throws you a left turn. So if I can provide any kind of relief, whatever level that's going to be, and I get you to where you're supposed to be safely, then I'm more than happy to keep doing that for as long as they want me to. Well, the, thank you uh, from the bottom of my heart for that. And, and, and I'm sure my wife thanks you as well uh, for, for getting me home safe. Well, some, some days. She some days, did. yeah. Not all days, but some days. <laughs> yeah. We all have been there, believe me. Uh, well, let, let's hop into it. The Phoenix Suns have, have obviously been on what many people look at as a surprising run in these playoffs. From a national perspective, what ha- was it surprising to you and what has been the most impressive thing about the Suns so far in this postseason? Well, I will say this. I think a lot of people probably didn't want to give the Suns a lot of credit for having the second best record in the NBA behind the Utah Jazz. They looked at the Phoenix Suns and said, OK, it's because the Lakers had all these injuries and Golden State is not Golden State. What we're used to seeing and the Clippers were doing the whole load management thing. But I seem to remember this team going eight and on the bubble and really gathering that confidence when they did that last year in the NBA season, was able to resurrect itself and continue leading teams into the NBA playoffs. So they had gathered confidence from what they were able to do in the bubble. And now you added Chris Paul to this basketball team. I think everybody should have expected the Phoenix Suns were going to be a team that you were going to have to deal with getting into the playoffs in the Western Conference. So, of course, people did not see what we were able to see from them in the regular season. But when you have that kind of experience and that motivation to show people that you belong, and they were able to do that, where they're down 2-1 to the Lakers, they win that series. We saw what they did after that to the Denver Nuggets. And you can use the whole adage that, well, the Lakers weren't fully healthy, and Anthony Davis got hurt, and Jamal Murray wasn't part of the series with the Denver Nuggets. I don't care, because we know what the narrative would have sounded like if they were not able to get out of those series and get to the Western Conference Finals. So more than ever before, you shouldn't be surprised when a team goes on a great run because they've been able to take advantage of those opportunities we shouldn't slight the Phoenix Suns because they have been the benefit of that and they've made their own benefits by getting to this point in the Western Conference Finals. Dave, yeah, do you want to go? Or go? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we think I think he's just mesmerized by I his am. voice. Your <laughs> voice is just, oh, man. I, I swear to God, and Espo's 100% right. Not only after nights after road games or after home games, driving home, but also weekends and stuff like that, Freddie. I love your voice. Um, thank you for the for the kudos. I know we uh, people should not be surprised anymore about these sons making it this far. Um, we 
Espo and I especially, Saul as well, all all the way, on Espo and I on this show, Saul for years as well in the local market, we've been pining for something like this for mm -hmm. the Phoenix Suns, and we are just so excited that the Suns are finally relevant again. And not just relevant, they they just blew through the ceiling like – you know, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and just now we're just floating in the in the glass elevator right now, um, and we don't want to come down. What do you think, Freddie? Is the uh, I'm I'm sure you've watched the uh, series with the Clippers going on. The Clippers had a comeback game on on Thursday night. Looked like it was the Clippers are suddenly going to. Do you feel like the Clippers have found their footing and Ty Lewis made the adjustments and now it's going to be a long series? Or do you feel like that was a blip on the, you know, at some point the Suns are going to have to lose a game and now they'll re, you know, uh, re, reset, reset themselves. What do you think is going to happen tonight in this game? Well, selfishly, if this series could go nine games, I'd want that because I think both of <laughs> these teams are terrific. And especially after the first three games, yeah, give me six more games of this. And Freddie's perfect world, I would love for that to happen. I don't know necessarily if the Clippers were able to find that magic dust to slow down Devin Booker. And I know after the game one triple-double, where he had 40 points in that triple-double, he's 10 of 37 from the field in the last couple of games. But I thought in game three, I thought the Suns rattled themselves more than the Clippers rattled them, at least early on, because Devin Booker and Chris Paul, they were missing shots they normally would make. And I could clearly yeah. tell that the mascot in Devin Booker's head a little bit. You have to expect that when you have a broken nose. And then he allowed Patrick Beverly to get in his head because he started beefing to the officials and asking for calls. And when I saw that early in the second quarter and the third quarter, I said, okay, this is not good in terms of Devin Booker trying to shoot his way out of it. That being said, guys, this was an 89-83 game with less than eight minutes to play in the fourth quarter. And the Suns had an opportunity to make it a four-point game. So despite the final score, it wasn't the Suns were completely out of this ball game. I mm -hmm. thought they battled themselves more than the Clippers did. And let's be honest, Ty Lue made some adjustments. He didn't send two or three guys to the offensive boards. He only sent one guy to the offensive board. So now the Phoenix Suns couldn't run like they wanted to. And it would not have mattered if Chris Paul had started or Cameron Payne had started. They were not going to be able to get up and down because the Clippers knew they couldn't win that kind of game against the Phoenix Suns. They didn't want to try their luck when it comes to that. But when you have your two guards go 10 for 40 from the floor, Devin Booker 5 of 21 and Chris Paul 5 of 19, you're not going to win a lot of games. So I'm not going to buy that the Clippers have found this whole way to stop Devin Booker. Monty Williams can dial up some plays. We've seen him do that so far in last year in the bubble and this year in the regular season of the playoffs. He'll make the adjustment, and I can guarantee you Devin Booker and Chris Paul are not going to shoot 10 for 40. They're going to shoot a lot better, and if they're able to do that like I think they're going to do, then what do the Clippers do to combat that? Because if those two guys are going, they only have one guy that can do that, Paul George. They don't have another guy that can step up and really kind of make it a Batman and Robin situation to counter that Batman and Robin in Philadelphia in Phoenix, excuse me. Look, look, I, I we finally have a replacement for Suns and Four guy. Freddie is now Suns and Nine guy. So oh, yeah. uh, I've, been a, I've been that Suns and Nine guy for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be making the action figure soon. As long as the Suns win that ninth game, I'm yes. good. Yeah. <laughs> if, Freddie, real quick, you know, yeah, I know, you know, this this Suns run, if they should win the championship. Um, will probably rank up there as one of the more surprising stories in sports history, uh, considering where they just came from, right? They they didn't even make the playoffs last year, even though they were one game shy. Uh, the year before that, they had one of the worst seasons in franchise history. And, you know, when you look at this, this, this story overall and how this team got here and possibly to a championship, what 
does it remind you of in terms of other teams? You know, Colin Cowherd had said that it kind of reminded him of the 2013 Seattle Seahawks, where the year before, uh, you know, they made the playoffs, but, you know, they still weren't considered like a threat. And then all of a sudden, the Legion of Boom came out of nowhere, and it was just like they were a dominant team. Um, what, what about you? What, what is your perspective on this team and where they sit in historical context? Well, I look at it this way because it's a great comparison that he made to the Seattle Seahawks and what they were able to do, especially being another West Coast team because West Coast teams don't get the love that they're supposed to get. So I clearly understand where that comparison comes from. If anything, I think the Phoenix Suns reminds me a lot of the early 1990s Washington football team, where they were fair to Midland. Then all of a sudden, Steve Edmonds shows up on campus. Then they got their quarterbacks. And all of a sudden, they were rolling through the Pac-12 about three years where they became a dominant football team. But before that, nobody was talking about Washington football from that standpoint. Phoenix has the capability of doing something like this in the next three to four years in a loaded Western Conference because they have the right mix when it comes to veteran leadership and also young players on the come up. Well, you got Devin Booker, of course, but Mikhail Bridges is going to be a stud, one of those three two guys that can guard, that can handle, that can shoot the basketball. DeAndre Aiden is the perfect new age, space age center where he can run the floor, but he can have a post-up game and he's a really good rim protector. And a lot of this is because James Jones, and he was executive of the year for a reason. But Ryan McDonough really got this started. He was the one that drafted Devin Booker. He's the one that drafted DeAndre Ayton. Now, Grant, he did not, he wasn't at the end to see exactly what the fruits of his labor, the way the Phoenix Suns have been able to play right now and get to the Western Conference Finals. But he had the foresight to draft these guys. And James Jones had the foresight to add to these guys being executive of the year. So this Phoenix Suns team, to me, is not one of those flash in the pans, having a great run in the playoffs, and they dip back into the woodwork. They have a foundation that's sustainable enough where you got to think about them as a Western Conference contender. And I can't even imagine what it's going to be like, guys. Let's say they push through this series, they get to the NBA Finals and win that series. It'll be the first time the Phoenix Suns won a world championship. You can't even imagine what that's going to do for Phoenix being a potential destination for free agents to say they got a really good base there. And I want to be a part of that and contribute to that in some way, some fa- some fa- uh, some fashion. Hey, Freddie, real quick, just so you know. Uh, when it comes to Ryan McDonough, it's just like me buying groceries. I, yeah, I can buy all the ingredients, but it don't mean I know how to cook them, okay? Well, I, get, <laughs> no, I understand that, but let's give him credit, though, because a lot of people said, why you drafting Devin Booker? And he made that choice. A lot of people said, why you draft DeAndre Aiden when Luka Doncic and Trey Young are out there? And he said, we need somebody like that. So your point is valid in terms of he got the pieces, but he didn't know how to make them work. There's only so much a general manager can do. If he had hired the right coach at that time, maybe we're not having this conversation about James Jones being executive of the year. Maybe Ryan McDonough is there. James Jones is the one that said the coach that we have is not the coach for this team. We need to go get Monty Williams because the Pelicans didn't want them. And now they're about to be on their third coach post Monty Williams ever since they moved on from him. So I give James Jones a lot of credit. But Ryan McDonough and his scouting staff had the foresight to say, yeah, we know Devin Booker averaged 10 points per game in Kentucky. But that guy's upside is going to help our basketball team. And when people say you got to play small ball in the NBA, he says we can't pass on DeAndre eight. We got enough small guys to that here. So he needs to, he deserves a little bit of credit. James Jones should get some credit as well. But Ryan McDonough drafted these guys and put these guys in place. Hey, let's talk about DeAndre Aiden for a second. Uh, that was a perfect segue, Freddie. Thank you. Um, DeAndre welcome. Aiden has really, <laughs> really developed uh, throughout his career. He came out of the college, you know, as all offense, very little defense. All the talent in the world, but kind of a, you know, uh, a Bahamian work ethic, basically, sure. right? I mean, he literally, when I inter- interviewed him one time, he literally said, I asked him, what he would be doing if he wasn't a basketball player? He said, I'd be walking the beach. 
I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's just his personality, just total chill. And um, he's developed a work ethic, and he took pride in his defense over his career. What have you seen um, in the development of DeAndre Ayton from afar? The one thing that DeAndre Ayton has done time and time again in the last couple of years is whatever the weaknesses were, he's worked on them. He's worked on his footwork in the post because that was something that he did not have. When he was at Arizona, he just bullied people down and backed them down because he was taller and bigger and stronger than everybody else. But in the NBA, everybody's tall, big, and strong. You better have the right kind of foundation to base and make that footwork work. We've seen him do that. He's got that little jump look. He's got that drop step where he can create his own space and get his own shot. And he also worked on conditioning in the offseason because Monty Williams said, we're really going to get up and down the floor. We know you can do that, but you better be in shape to do that. He came to camp in tremendous shape. And how many times have we seen that the Phoenix Suns get in transition? He's the trail guy. He gets to the front of the rim. He gets a wide open look and he finishes at the rim. The fact that DeAndre Aiden, even with his chill Bahamian personality, it wasn't as if he didn't want to work hard. But when you're from the Highlands, I get it. I understand that. And believe me, if I was from Hawaii, the Bahamas, I wouldn't want people bother me about hard work either. I'm like, look, it's 75, 80 degrees every day in sunshine. You find your own sunshine and leave me alone from that standpoint. But when he got to the NBA, he didn't just sit back and say, my personality is going to work. They're going to have to adjust to me. He said, "Uh uh-uh. I want to be the kind of basketball player I know I can be. I want to be the kind of basketball player that the Phoenix Suns are getting by drafting me number one overall. So I give him a lot of credit. It's one thing to want instruction, but when you get the instruction, what are you going to do with it? We've seen what he's been exactly doing, exactly fine with the Phoenix Suns have wanted and needed from him. And now you've got a guy that can be that new age big man that will be able to more than hold his own against the Cole Jokic in Denver or Joel Embiid in Philadelphia. And he's younger than both of those guys and more athletic than both of those guys. His ceiling may not even be reached right now. We may not see the reach of that ceiling for DeAndre Aiden for another four to five years where he's really going into his prime with the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker. A lot of people have varying opinions on this young man, and they've swung a lot over the last uh, year or two. Where do you stand on and Devin Booker? Is he a star? Is he a superstar? Where where is he? Not any of those things. Where do you stand on him, Freddie? Oh, he's a star, and he's not that far away from being a superstar because he has that gene in him that he's not going to be overwhelmed by the moment. And he says, hey. He owned up to it what happened in game three. He said, you know, I got to play better. It wasn't anything that Patrick Beverly was doing, and he did a great job. But you know what? I got to go out there and be better for my basketball team. I can't be beefing with the referees and taking us out of our rhythm. So he clearly understands that Chris Paul is the leader of this team, but the star of this basketball team, without any question, is Devin Booker. And we've seen that whenever they've needed him to do different things, he's been able to step in and do it. No Chris Paul games, one or two. He facilitated the offense. He was able to get guys in position and in spots. And even when he didn't play well shooting the ball well in game two, he found a way to make plays where he wasn't just decorating the court because he was not shooting the basketball well. So I know he's going to be a superstar. That's how I feel about Devin Booker because each and every year he's done something where you say to yourself, man, he worked on this, he worked on that. Boy, he already had that. That has been able to enhance his game. And I don't want to consider him the next Kobe because that's not fair to Devin Booker. And it's definitely not fair to insult. It's that, that's insulting Kobe Bryant's legacy, to be completely honest yeah. with you. I never look at somebody as a second somebody. I want Devin Booker to be the first Devin Booker. And if that's not enough for some people, then that's a them problem. That should not be a Devin Booker problem. And you should not allow that to be a Devin Booker problem. I think it's very dangerous trying to attach labels from the past on current players today because now you're trying to put impossible expectations that they're no way going to be able to live up to. I go back to when Harold Miner came out of college from mm-hmm. USC yes. and they were calling him baby Jordan. Yeah, I said, that no, is the last yes. thing 
that he needs right. to have because he's a very sensitive guy. Yeah. Right. He's a very sensitive guy anyway. So anything like that, he grew up loving Michael Jordan. But the last thing you want to be considered is the second coming of that guy who's been a messiah in the NBA. And he was never able to get over that. The last thing that anybody needs to do is to put that kind of designation on Devin Booker. He's doing just fine being the first Devin Booker. There's no way he's going to be fine trying to have people live with the expectation of being the second Kobe Bryant. Oh, my dude, Freddie. First of all, I've had you on my show <laughs> like twice before. This is I am so in love with you right now for the Harold Miner reference. You don't even understand. <laughs> and, and let's be clear. Harold Miner had the best free throw routine in all of basketball history. OK, sure. Like, let's just remember the around the waist and then kissing mm-hmm. the ball. Like, I mean, uh-huh. come on. That, no can we right. teach it to I'm Giannis? So giddy about let's this. teach this that routine awesome. to Giannis. <laughs> well, Giannis, Giannis doesn't need anything to slow him down anymore. Yeah, any exactly. <laughs> How am I to show love for the basketball? Giannis is trying not to fight the basketball, the free throw line. That's I know, right? Yeah. It's like he's trying to pretend it's not uh, there. It's, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's Freddie, like we're, we're sitting here like bobbleheads on a dashboard listening to you talk. This is awesome. <laughs> this is really great. Now, tell us, talk to us about CP3 a little bit. Chris Paul, uh, he got fifth in the MVP vote this year. People gave him um, a lot of credit for very, very good reason to for carrying the Suns and getting the Suns this far. I mean, they jumped a lot of uh, a lot of steps on the ladder all the way up to the top, thanks to Chris Paul, and I truly believe that. The Suns would have been good this year without Chris Paul, but mm-hmm. they're great with Chris Paul. However, they also showed they can win without him, winning the first two games of the Western Conference Finals without him. And um, while they struggled when they first lost him against the Lakers, that was as much credit to the Lakers' defense as it was you know, losing Chris Paul in there because campaign stepped right up. What do you think, um, going forward, what is your take on the impact that Chris Paul has had on the Suns? Is it the same as, as, as what I just said, or is it a little bit different? It's a little bit different from the standpoint of it's going to go further than just this season because we don't know what Chris Paul's future is going to look like. He's probably going to opt down and get a new contract because he loves Phoenix. He loves Mike Williams and Devin Booker. He wants to be that guy to say, okay, when my time is done, campaign and Devin Booker are going to learn from my lessons and they're going to take the Phoenix Suns to a whole different level. He knows exactly what his place is. He's still more than an effective point guard. There's no doubt about that. But it's all about the life lessons on and off the court that Devin Booker and Cameron Payne have talked about. I mean, everyone said, well, Cameron Payne was being a good teammate saying that he didn't want to start. He should have wanted to start. No one said that Cameron Payne did not want to start game three. Of course, you want to do that. But he also knew that having Chris Paul back is a lot better to have him here than to not have him here, even though they won the first two games of that series. And I still wonder about Cameron Payne's availability with that ankle injury in game four, which means that Chris Paul had to play more minutes. But it's going to be a far-reaching effect what Chris Paul's been able to do, the wisdom he's been able to impart on everybody, not just the guards that he's around all the time, but everybody else. Don't think Mikhail Bridges is not paying attention how Chris Paul's gone about his business. Don't think that DeAndre Ayton has not paid attention how Chris Paul has gone about his business. And when you have a contemporary Monty Williams who he played against and played with, and you have those two together, that's only going to be a good thing for Phoenix Suns basketball in the future. And, yeah, it's always hard to predict the future because anything can happen. You can have a chemistry issue here, a terrible injury there. We don't know what's around the corner. But if this is able to be a sustainable franchise and a winning sustainable franchise now in Phoenix, that's where the effect of Chris Paul being here for this Phoenix Suns team this year is going to show because Devin Booker and guys like that, they're going to be the leaders of this organization. They could not have picked a better guy to learn from than a guy, Chris Paul, who still has enough juice in his legs to be an effective point guard. He is Freddie Coleman. You can follow him on Twitter at Coleman ESPN. You can listen to him on ESPN Radio Coleman. 
Freddie and Fitzgerald. I wanted to, I wanted to say Freddie, Coleman and Fitzgerald. Fitzsimmons. Fred, Fred Simmons. Fred Simmons. God, I'm having I'm having a like, morning here, Freddie. I was like, what did you just that's, make up a word? <laughs> I, that's part of my, I try to give I try to forget Ian as much as possible. That's <laughs> you can tell I him did, we don't remember I him. Now. Yeah, I can't because Ian's my boy, but we bust on each other and rip each other all the time, believe me. <laughs> You can catch yeah. Freddie on ESPN Radio, uh, Freddie. When we do take this comedy show on the road, we need an opening act. Uh, well, any any interest? Sure, I could be your opening act. You know, <laughs> one of my favorite souls is the Soul Man, and such an entertainer's dad who has this dour personality. And then he goes out on stage, and they go, "Man, we didn't know that you were that good of a comedian." He goes, "I don't know why." I'm funny. And he said with a straight face, everybody said, yeah, you're, you're funny all these years. So if you need an opening act, I'm definitely going to sign up for that. Well, that that make, that solidifies it. We're going on the road with this comedy act. Freddie, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. We do appreciate you. My pleasure, gentlemen. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs, too. And you guys take care and be well. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Freddie Coleman on the program wow. for me. We were. Radio. We were like bobbleheads just sitting there <laughs> while he was talking. All of us. Sons of nine, baby. You know, get the <laughs> sons of nine. That's what Freddie's calling. I, hey, I a nine game series. I think my heart could not handle nine games against this Clippers team. Uh, you know, look, we're sitting here two and one. It's Saturday morning as we record this game four coming up this evening. And you know, the game three loss was tough, but to me, I look at it as almost a carbon copy of game three versus the Lakers. A lot of missed yeah. shots. Suns never got in a rhythm. It was more about the Suns, like Freddie said, beating themselves than, uh, you know, they, they were the albino monk from the Da Vinci Code. They were beating themselves. It wasn't the Clippers that were uh, that were beating uh, beating them in that game. I, that was a very forgettable movie, but I will never forget that scene. Of I don't course. know. It just no. stuck with me. Even <laughs> reading the book, it stuck with me and then seeing it live. Uh, anyway, go ahead. Ben, 10 of, four, uh, 10 of 40 is not going to happen. I believe it was the third worst backcourt shooting performance, not this playoffs, not the last 10 years, ever from a backcourt in NBA playoff history. That's not going to repeat itself. And, uh, you know, Freddie brought it up, but the Suns cut it to six in that yeah. game, even with it. Like, even while they were doing quarter. that, yeah. right. So, and, and so without feel, campaign out there, too. Yes, they still I, cut it to six. It feels like it's an overreaction a lot of people are having yeah. to game three, but uh, how, how do you guys feel, Saul? Why don't we start with you? Uh, well, so uh, somebody in the chat said that the Sun said that a campaign is probable for tonight. Um, yes. I'm, I was looking. Did you? Yeah, where did you see yeah, that? Yeah, he's probable. See it's been okay. reported, yeah, and the Suns <laughs> actually put out their little injury report. I love how the Suns give out the injury report the day before. None of the other teams do. I think that's yeah. great. Well, that's that's good. Yeah, it's good for us this morning for sure. But uh, you know, campaign being involved or not, you know that that's that's huge, and and it has to be an effective campaign, right? You can't have, you know, I think seventy five percent of campaign might not get you those those sneaky little layups at the rim uh, that he's just he's been known for really in those clutch moments. So uh, that's that's going to be huge. But I agree, I agree. You know, I think on on Thursday night, <clears throat> I think Espo, you were. You were almost going to jump down my throat because I was like, Devin Booker was not good these last two games, you know, shooting wise, right? And he yeah. wasn't. He wasn't, no, right? He wasn't. However, Devin Booker is <clears throat> is good enough to adjust, and the greats always find a way, right? And I think I think that the mask won't be an issue tonight. 
I think he, you know, he's had several days to kind of adjust to it now um, and deal with it and figure out what's working for him or not, you know, and, and I think he's going to find his way. Also, we can't forget he has cooked Patrick Peverly in the past. Like, yes. you know, and so, you know, I'm going to bring up these highlights as we talk, but, you know, one of these things that, you know, Devin Booker, Beverly's a nuisance, right? He's just a nuisance. He's good at trying to throw you off your rhythm. And you can see this several times in these clips that, you know, he's just throwing him off just a little bit. So he's not, you know, he's not able to come through. But again, like at the end of this clip, you'll see, uh, you know, there's plenty of times when Devin Booker has cooked Patrick Beverly, specifically last year at the beginning of the season uh, when he just murdered Patrick Beverly and even fouled him out. Uh, he was awesome, you know, and so he's going to find a way. I, I truly believe that this is the clip I was talking about. Um, <clears throat> and, and he loves he loves this stuff. He loves this stuff. Devin Booker loves this stuff. The only problem with Devin Booker the last two games is he was worrying too much about the fouling or the grabbing and the pushing and not worrying about how to defeat it. He was worrying about the refs making the call to get Beverly out of the game. I think that changes tonight. Look, look it's driven me nuts that people are acting as if Patrick Beverly is some Devin, great Devin Booker stopper. Go back and look. You know what's impacted Devin Booker? Patrick Beverly breaking his nose in three different places. I, I equate a lot of what happened in game two to the fact that Devin Booker had to have been in immense pain, right? After that happened, it has to affect your vision in some ways because the eyes water all that from, from having a broken nose. Like I, I think that's been, and then the mask in game three, that's been more of a factor than what Patrick Beverly has done. Uh, on the defensive end, I would disagree with that completely. I, I just, I, I mean, that you're giving way too much credit to to somebody not being able to overcome pain. Like no, I, you just, you've seen, you know, Kobe Bryant, <clears throat> Kobe Bryant dislocated his finger and and still shot like fifty percent from the field. Like you, you can't discredit what Pat, Patrick Beverly has done. He tries to get in your head. He tries to get in your space. He was doing that at the beginning of this series. Game one, he got cooked. Game two, he didn't. And game three, he didn't. Like. You got to give him a little bit of credit for being a, a pain in the ass. Now, does that mean he's better than Devin Booker? Hell no. Not even close. Devin Booker's going to cook him tonight probably. Yeah. But I don't think it's just because of the the mask, and that's the only reason, because have, he's have always you, been a pain in the butt. Have you broken your nose, Saul? I have. Hey, do you? Do you? Look at the not, How is it? Imp hey, it's well, impossible hey, to not break it. You mean that is the fixed nose? <laughs> I, I break it. I, I, I break it just waking out of bed. No, uh. but it, you know what? I, I just I I don't mean the pain necessarily, but it, it impacts so much. It, like it, it messes with your vision a little bit, sure, sure. And, you know, and all yeah. these things, yeah. which I, I think is an underrated part of people. Who are like, oh, wh whatever. That messes with your shot. If your depth perception's off, that screws with it. You know, uh, it's not just pain. There's a lot of factors that go into it. And I'm not saying that Patrick Beverly hasn't played some good defense at times, but people are acting as if he unlocked some secret code, you know, like we used to have an NBA jam back in the day, A, B, B, shift, shift, shift. Like, and all of a sudden he, he knows how to stop everything Devin Booker does. That's not the case. Yeah. That's not Book, the case. It is a combination of both. Booker yeah. stopped himself as well as Devin uh, Devin Beverly. Uh, Patrick Beverly stopping uh, him. At least you didn't say Fitzgerald. Yeah, no. So here's my take uh, on the on the game is 
is we talked about it a little bit earlier that the Suns, you know, obviously with the 10 for 40 worst uh, shooting backcourt and, you know, for starting backcourt and, and whatever, forever, um, that's going to turn around. Now, some people will say, well, it's because the Clippers were playing really good defense. Patrick Beverly playing really good defense. The rest of it, no, I looked it up. Do you want to let me stat me? Are you guys oh, ready or is this too oh, soon? It's too early in the morning yeah. to get started. Too stat early in the morning oh, to get started. I don't know if we can even stat you, Dave. Well, I just we don't need that. You guys can just whisper it like old days. Stab me, Dave. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, not uncomfortable at all. Um, <laughs> the Suns had just as many open shots in game three as they've had all playoffs, yet they missed almost all of them. So it's not like the Clippers closed out and gave this, you know, and made it much harder for the Suns to take shots or get their shots off. The Suns were shooting the shots they wanted to shoot. And they just missed them. That's going to turn around. In this whole series, the Suns are shooting only 29% on open threes. 29%. They usually shoot 38%. That's going to turn around. You know what that equates to? Two threes a game. Six points. Guess what? In game three, the Suns made only four of 16 mid-range shots. That's 25%. Guess what they usually make? They usually make 42% of those. There's another couple of shots. This all adds up. Yeah. Sorry. What I'm saying is the Clipper. Thank you very much. I, I needed to hear that this morning. The crack production staff. <laughs> I did need to hear that this morning. Um, no, it's it. What I'm saying is the Clippers are hitting their averages on their shots. The Clippers are doing exactly this series what they've done all playoffs. That's good news for the Suns because they're still down two to one. The Clippers are doing what they normally have done because the Suns are a better team. So the Suns now they lost one game. We're all panicking. Saul was pulling the sky down. He wasn't it was just letting oh it fall. God, I was not was pulling it down. I'm just being a realist. I'm just giving you a hard time, man. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of fans whose panic levels are at nine. I, I follow on the Twitters and I follow on the and this chat and all that. People are a little <laughs> bit freaked out on the Twitters, on the tweeters. Um, it is one of those where we're all going to go, God, did the Suns really forget how to win games? No, they didn't forget how to win games. CP is going to come back stronger in this game. He needed one game to get his wind under him. Uh, you got Devin Booker who's going to come back stronger because he's going to fight through that. I do believe there is a depth perception issue a little bit. There's a peripheral vision issue with the mask a little bit. And that it, it, all it takes is you know 1% uh, disruption and you might miss your shots until you get used to it. I think it'll be fine. No, I don't. I really hope he doesn't take the mask off. Someone in the chat asked if he'd take the mask off. I hope he doesn't because uh, Patrick Rivoli will go straight after that face. Yeah, immediately. he'll re-break his nose there in, in yeah, two Paul seconds. Paul George will uh, will shoulder right into him as often as possible. No, he better, oh, he's got to keep that mask on. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the underrated things is that in game three from the mask was that peripheral vision because there were a few times yeah. where Pat Beverly and a couple other guys got came from behind on book to knock away the ball. And I just don't yeah. think he saw him. You know, I just, I don't think he noticed him out of the corner of his eye. And I'm not, I'm not even going to read that. Man. I'm not even going to read it. No, we can't for multiple reasons. We no matter Saul. how you take that comment, so you're not funny. getting Saul off the show. You know? I control, I control the comments on the screen. So there you go. <laughs> you're welcome, big guy. More power to you for putting it up. So if you were to bet on this, do you think we will see the Suns at any point shoot as poorly as they did in game three the rest of the series? 
Uh, if I was a betting man, no. Right. I, exactly. I would not. I would not place that bet because could 10, it happen? 1040 10, yeah. 10, is not 10 for 40 is just not going to happen again. I, yeah. I'm convinced of that. I again, I think Chris Paul is going to be the bit, bigger factor of that than, than Devin Booker right now in how I feel just because Chris Paul isn't having to deal so much with the mask stuff. Right. I don't think it's going to be a big factor for Devin Booker. I, 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 I just said that a minute ago. I just think that, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of an adjustment when you're not only having to deal with that, but Patrick Beverly being a pain in your ass, basically the last two games as well. Right. And, and Pat Bev is going to be even worse tonight because he's gassed up from the last two games. Yeah. But Devin Booker, I he think he is the you, second. Coming. I promise you. And in, in, in full disclosure, EJ did beat me at golf yesterday, just so we know. <laughs> but EJ fully expected, very convinced that, that this is not a factor whatsoever, and that that's going to uh, pay dividends tonight because Booker's probably going to cook him. Look, I am glad that Pat Beverly uh, has been up Devin Booker's backside because we now know Devin's colon is completely good. So there is no no nothing to be concerned about with Devin Booker's colon. Is this, because, are, uh, are we going to transition Beverly. all the way into Manscaped here? No, we're gonna oh. we're actually gonna. If you are a betting man, our friends at DraftKings have a free to play pool, and they keep getting cooler all summer long. Choose from a wide variety of free contests to enter. Uh, to enter the pool and answer a handful of questions, make picks for free and grab your share of $10,000. Yeah, that's $10,000 in weekly prizes. Dive into DraftKings pool party today. Get it? Because they're pools and you can jump in and it's like 140 degrees here. Uh, entering one of DraftKings free-to-play pools is simple. Just download the DraftKings app and head to their pool page. Select from one of the DraftKings many contests ranging from evening sporting events to wacky weather Wednesdays. I don't know what it is, but it sounds fun. Then make your picks and watch the action unfold. Entry Entries with the most correct answers will be deemed the winners, which usually is how it works, is the right answers win. Uh, DraftKings free-to-play pools have up to thousands of dollars in cash prizes every day. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up with code DRYHEAT. That's code DRYHEAT. All players will have a Free shot at grabbing $10,000 in weekly prizes without spending a dime, which is good because Saul has no dimes left after playing EJ in golf. I uh, that, lost 11 bucks. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> which, which is a lot Hold when time. you consider what we make on this show. That code dry heat. <laughs> that's a year's income with solar panel. <laughs> that's, that's the code dry heat to feel the sweat. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So. Yes, there we go. All right. So uh, obviously, game job, four. Espo. Well, you know, it was a little rough. It's a would, little easier when you pre-record those bad boys. Would you guys be more shocked than not if the Suns lose game four? I will be shocked if they lose game four. I mean, it can happen. It can happen. It doesn't mean sure. they'll lose the series. Sure. They're still going to win this series. But it is Clippers at home, and the Clippers can get hot just like the Suns can get hot. The Clippers have been hitting their averages during this series, but they haven't been blowing it out of the water. They had two or three straight games of 20-plus threes. It can happen, yeah, but I would be shocked if the Suns lose. I didn't feel good about game three, like from the from the get-go. I just – even before – as the day started, I was yeah. like – yeah, I just uh, something about game three. I just can't put my finger on. Um, I definitely feel better about tonight's game. And so I, I think we're going to get a better effort from the Suns. And I think they're going to shoot much, much better tonight than yeah. they have 
possibly the entire series because they haven't really shot the lights out. I think what they're like thirty no. percent from three right now or something like that. It's yeah, a pretty it's low percentage it's from real three. Bad. It is. Um, so I and I they're feel all open. Good about it's not chances. like the Clippers are like closing out better than any other team. No, there yeah. there's open threes and there's missing them. Yep. I am in a very weird spot as a Suns fan and as You're an Arizona there. sports fan ever. <clears throat> I don't. I don't feel concerned. Like I, I feel like that this is the year, and I don't know why, and it makes me immensely uncomfortable. Because if yeah. you've listened to this show throughout the years, you know that I believe in curses, I believe in jinxes, yeah. I believe in all that crap. And for some reason, mentally, I am just in a place that I have never been when it comes to the Phoenix Suns and any Arizona sports team. I look at this, and there is something that just says to me, something special is going on. And I, I, I would not be worried even if they drop tonight's game. I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're coming back to Phoenix 3-1. Uh, and with a chance to close it out in front of a very loud, very insane crowd mm, on Monday with, it, oh, with a chance to get a break before <clears throat> the NBA Finals. If you're the Clippers, whew, you have to win tonight. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. if you want to try and come back to the Purple Palace with this place rocking the way it has been the last you know, several games, with the chance to go to the NBA Finals on the line, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Look, tonight, yeah. one thing you have to do is set the tone early, right? And we talked about this a little bit on Thursday's post-game show with the jam session guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I feel like you have to set the tone physically and offensively early in this game. Hard picks on Patrick Beverly. Yes. Don't let him get in your head. Yes. Yeah. Put that dude on his ass. <clears throat> Are you losing yourself there? Are you yeah. choking up? Yeah, I, I got choked up. I think they're going to get Devin Booker a lot more moving before he catches the ball this time because Patrick Beverly tries to hit you right away, get in you right away, so you can't develop your your uh, your pace that you want. And Devin Booker likes to be moving uh, before he hits back. And uh, so that's that's kind of disrupted Beverly. I, I can't remember who, who said this on Twitter. It was a really... Really good follow on Twitter said that. And I was like, yeah, you're absolutely, I think it was Mike Prada. Um, and I think you're absolutely right. Booker, they, the Suns need to get Booker on the move before he catches and before Beverly is is engaged because then Booker has the control. And they'll do that. They'll figure out ways it's, you know, uh, you know, all the double screens and triple screens. They'll do whatever it takes to get Devin Booker open so he's on the move and feeling more comfortable. And then once he gets a rhythm, it's over. And then it doesn't matter. At that point, uh, I also see CP3 controlling the pace a lot more in this game uh, than than he did in the past. Uh, there was one or two people who suggested Devin Booker should be more in the off ball role. Now, nothing should change about Devin Booker's job on the court. Nothing should change about CP3's job on the court. I do have a question for you guys, though. Should um, should the Suns be focusing more on getting D.A. the ball? Oh, yeah. Well. I don't know. It depends if if it's like last game, uh, the Clippers, once they realized the Suns weren't hitting a lot of shots, were, were kind of yeah. sticking with DA and, and making yeah. it difficult there. So it's going to depend if they're hitting their shots. Yeah, because that's going to be a, a way to not only get DA points, but get open shots. 
for for the rest of his teammates. It, the the fact that they weren't hitting anything dynamically changed everything. For me, the biggest the biggest change you got to make is get Devin Booker on the block against Patrick Beverly a, a handful of times. He's bigger, he's taller, he's stronger and let him enforce his will that way early on as <clears> well. <throat> like and and change the dynamic. Monty, it's Monty's chess move right now, and that's the one on the board that makes mm-hmm. the most sense to me. But yes, getting DA involved when when you can, when you look at it, and there's actually the defense isn't focused on him. Certainly, you have to do that. Yeah, I, I think the only change that I would like to see from a DA perspective is is that when the Suns are not clicking, like run some action for DA. Um, I think too too far. They're they're just running actions for the guards to and wings to get get involved, and Da is just kind of like the the last resort, or he has to re- rely on the rebounding or um, or penetration and kick. I think they need to run some action to get Da the ball on the block or even on the wing because his mid range jumper has been there um, this series too. So that's the only adjustment. But other than that, I think what the Suns have been doing has been working. Like I wouldn't change very much. I talked the other night about making sure that you have somebody that's going to pace the team, right? That's where Devin Booker and Chris Paul kind of missed the mark in game three is they weren't hitting those consistent shots in order to just kind of keep the game moving and the flow and the rhythm of the offense going. Uh, So everything was just discombobulated the entire time. DA is doing his very best to try and maintain that his own, but it's so hard to do that when you're not getting action run for you specifically. So I would like to see when they start to struggle a little bit offensively, if that should happen, I don't expect it to tonight, then get him involved some way somehow and get him some some plays down low on the block just to to kind of pace yourselves on offense. The Cameron Payne, and we briefly touched on it, but Cameron Payne is going to be – an interesting thing to watch in this game because what we've noticed is and it's not rocket science it's not as like we have advanced analytics cameras that are telling us this but the suns play faster when campaigns out there and when you have that it's such a change of pace from what chris paul Mm -hmm. is running with this team that i think that that one two combination keeps a team on its heels a little bit you know they because they have they have to shift the way that they play defense and we saw it in in game two just his ability to blow past guys and get those layups get those scoop shots get get in a rhythm like that and even if he's a a step or two slower that's going to impact this game because of of that ankle if he doesn't have that burst that's going to be interesting or for some reason he can't play i just don't think you can go back to etuan more You've got nothing out of each one more. I'd rather go, and we talked about this, to Javon Carter uh, in that position. So at least you have hard-nosed defense and a guy that that then can hit the three on the other end. Uh, that's an adjustment I want to see if campaign can't play the usual minutes or for some reason can't play at all in this game is Javon Carter getting minutes. But, man, I hope campaign can be out there because he is such a huge part of what this team does and what they've been capable of of doing throughout the playoffs. I'm not a guy who go ahead. So I just, I really, really, you know, for so long in my life, I've always wanted to see these key matchups that never happen or they happen too late, like Pacquiao versus Mayweather. We didn't get that until they were like basically past their prime and stuff like that. I want to see Javon Carter against Beverly. I just really want that more than anything. It's like my two little Boston Terriers just fighting each other all the time. I want to see that on the court. 
uh, and that would just make my game four. That's all I want. You say. watch your bo- little Boston Terriers fighting each other all the time. Yeah, because one of them's a jerk and he's an instigator. Then they don't like even the, fight. They just they just put their hands on their each other's chest and just go rah, 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 and that's oh, it. And then it's over. Yeah, like, they don't fight vision, each other like, like that. Like chicken fighting. I didn't use the actual term because <laughs> yeah, well, this is I mean, a G-rated I show. You don't. I didn't. I didn't tape razors to their claws. If that's yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew a guy one time who actually wanted me to get involved in chicken fighting. I'm like, oh my god, have you met me? <laughs> do, do you know this, Dave okay. Gig? Cockfighting king. <laughs> we're, we're, we're digressing. I wasn't going to use the actual term. Cockfighting king. Until we got to the until we got to the manscape section. I, oh, oh, I wasn't going to use the actual term. I I am now calling you Dave the cockfighting king. <laughs> From now on, you should not. I didn't have realize we were that. able to use that term. Yes, this dude was like That's telling a... me how you tape the razors to oh, the legs no, and everything. No, no, no. Who, no what no. other life did you live? <laughs> hey. That, that you and I've had the book of those two, and I'll tell you about peripheral vision. Uh, no, I've I've lived a I've, I've lived a life you guys can only dream of. All right, apparently. <laughs> I lived Can't a life. Can't you see it in my face? Oh my gosh, what is this? Narcos? All of a sudden, yeah. what's going on? You you pulled a claw apart, and then you taped a razor blade to that bad boy, and then you oh make some God. cash off the bed. Blood is where you make all the money. Is when the blood spraying. Okay. Oh my God. And then you get chicken fingers after the fact. Let's go okay, back. Let's back, go back on here. topic. Here back, we back, go. Back, 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 back. All right. Um, Let's talk about DK is the one who knocks. Yes. Um, let's talk about um, uh, who should play. God, I really wish, uh, you know, now that Abdel Nader has been uh, has been made available, it's almost certain he won't play. It'll be like Aaron Baines last year. Guys, don't expect Abdel Nader to be put in a game. He hasn't played a game in three months. You're well, not going to put him in the Western you, Conference like Kelly Oubre in the bubble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even Kelly Oubre never got himself activated because – well, we won't talk about Kelly anymore. Yeah. Uh, but Aaron Baines was available. He just never played because he wasn't ready to play. He wasn't in the, you know, so, but I do wish Aldenator could play because he's got the right size and speed and shooting combination to play against these Clippers. That would have been nice. He'd be better than um, uh, Pyramid Poppy. Yeah. He'd be better <laughs> than um, the other options the Suns have because of his size, because the Clippers go big on their wings. I worry about any kind of, I worry about Etuan Moore playing at all. I Obviously we're all worried about that. Uh, but also I don't know that Javon Carter or Langston Galloway, unless they catch fire, unless they get lucky, have a great game, they're not going to have any more impact than Etuan Moore is because they're also small. Um, Javon Carter can get in people's grills, but he also fouls right away. If he tries, you know, if he goes too fast and he doesn't have the reputation like Pat Bev does to get away with it. So I, I do worry about, um, I, I just like any his activity more. I just like his activity more. You know, he's, he's busy. He's, he's active out there. Well, he as can, long as he his can, activity he... doesn't involve dribbling, it's good. But look, just catch, f- shoot, and defend. Etwan Moore's footwork is what bothers me on the defensive end. Reggie Jackson has taken him to task uh, at times. Like I just feel like Javon Carter could at least be an irritant the way Pat Beverly is at times yeah. on the defensive end. Yeah, no, I would. And somebody said Tory Craig is better than Abdul. I, absolutely, Tory Craig's better. But if you're going to go even deeper down the wing list uh the suns are very are, are very deep with those kind of guys but they need them and uh this would be great against the clippers can i just uh let me just do a little digression remember coming into the playoffs we were worried the suns didn't have another athletic big man behind da yes has that 
has that ever become the uh, a faster no storyline than yeah. than? I mean, it's, come on, well, it's never now, been a storyline to be honest. Game one, People game one of this series for about five minutes, it was a concern. Well. DeMarcus Cousins looked like he was in Sacramento again, and Dario Saric looked like he was playing on ice. But those the Suns were... actually outscored them during those minutes. <laughs> I, know, I know, but visually it seemed concerning yeah. for about five minutes, but it has not been. You were right. I was yeah. I was 100% wrong in being concerned about that. It did not become a factor, but that's credit to DeAndre Ayton. Yes. Because at what point has he been in any foul trouble in these playoffs? Knock on wood. I just jinxed it. Damn it. I didn't yeah. think about that. But <laughs> God damn. Now we're going to see Dario for like 35 minutes. Tonight oh my gosh. That. Frank, let's get Frank out there. <laughs> Kaminsky Cove. Let's do it. Uh, you know what? Let's, let's move to the smooth. Ball. I didn't give you a graphic this week. So, but for no, the smooth didn't. baller, of the week brought to you by manscaped uh, our friends over at manscaped i gotta give it to the fans i i think the fans are going to be the biggest factor in this series you saw the clippers fans showing up late not really getting into it until the very end of the game where suns fans uh other than uh <laughs> other than a few local or at least one local radio guy that said the crowd wasn't very loud. Uh, Suns fans oh have been. Jesus, <laughs> oh Do I Suns need to go in on this? <clears throat> Freaking ridiculous. Suns fans have been out of their minds. This, this series, the whole playoffs, uh, they are my smooth ballers of the week and uh, probably of the entire playoffs. And if you want smooth balls, we're not talking Clippers this, uh, this series because Obviously, we can't, but if you want good-smelling uh, nether regions or any of that stuff, lotions, potions, uh, scissors, although that is something that the guys want to fight me on, but I'm going to go. I also, I also did not get potions, so I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> did you get the Harry Potter kit or something? I don't know what's going on. I did. They're Quidditch balls now or whatever. <laughs> You're supposed to apply the snitch down there now. Yep. Oh, wow. uh, so, so I'm actually going to go to manscape.com and buy some scissors using the code flaming ballers. I'm going to save 20% and I'm going to get free shipping to Dave and Saul. So they shut up every time I bring up the scissors on this. Uh, that's what we'll do. But yeah, head over to our friends at manscape.com. Irby says with the feathers, Espo. Uh, <laughs> head over to manscaped.com. Use the code Flaming Ballers at checkout. Save 20%. Get free shipping. Thank you to our friends over at manscaped.com. Back I just to wanted Abdel to let Nader. that settle in. You guys imagine if Frank and Abdel Nader get out on the court for some ungodly reason in this Western yeah, Conference that mean, Finals. That mean, we that might have another Frank Nato. That means we're by uh 40, Dave. Oh, we're I hope Milwaukee so. boxing it, huh? Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it's called. I, you know, a blowout like that would not surprise me tonight. With the Suns coming out, uh, a lot of pent up frustration. All of a sudden, you look at it, and Devin's hitting, CP3's hitting, Jay Crowder's hitting, and they they run these guys out of uh, out of the gym. That would not shock me. I went back and looked, and the Suns team after a double digit loss is five and three on the year. So they, they have a winning record, but we know this team uh, going back throughout the season. as good as I thought it was. <laughs> no, but when you go back and look, though, 
and and two of those losses came in like a one week period. There are two it, it, two of those three losses I believe came in a one week period. So, but when you look, this team does not lose two games in a row very often. It just does not happen on a regular basis. This team is is very good at finding a way to bounce back, and I just feel like that's what's going to happen in game four is Monty will have them mentally ready. CP3 will have uh, have had a few more days to get back in shape. Devin's probably been wearing that mask everywhere he goes now just to get used to it, and, and it's called Rip Hamilton five more times to get more advice on it, and, and he'll come out different. And I just think the Pat Beverly magic comes to an end and, and in some physical way this evening. I, I hope so. I hope you're I hope you're a thousand percent right. <clears throat> I would expect a, a much better effort at, at the very least from the Suns team, whether they're hitting or not. I just I, I just felt like the, both teams actually in the first half were just kind of going through the motions. Yeah. And, and it's just it was kind of tough to watch. You know, I mean, midway, I mean, well, I think four minutes left to go in the in the second quarter. It was only like 37, 36. So it, it was just not it was a very 46, even at halftime. And that's yeah, it un, wasn't unusual. a very good game yeah. at all yeah. in the first half. Um, and, and the Suns still had the lead at the half. So, again, I, I'm not too worried about where the Suns team is going to be tonight. I think they're going to be ready to go. Um, they understand what's at, at hand. And again, when you have somebody that down two to one and you had them down two zero, and especially with the recent history of the Clippers, you need to make every effort to put your foot on their throat and let them know like, Hey, that ain't happened in this series. So I, I expect the Suns to do that tonight. Yeah. You, you need a knockout. Uh, you, you need to punch them hard and then let them get in their head about coming back to Phoenix and dealing with how loud that is. And the Suns having home cooking and realizing to win this series, you'd have to beat them twice in Phoenix that yeah. you, tonight mm -hmm. is the kind of game that that just will change the dynamics and everything about this series. 2-2 two, two changes, uh, obviously, everything. And that doesn't mean the Suns won't win, but it, it's a different mindset. And, again, the Clippers start to build up more of that irrational confidence. They go, oh, we've done this twice before, and we're on our road to doing it again. And letting people get confidence like that is dangerous. They, like, figure out a way to take care of it. Uh, it's Saturday night. We, we, we all thought we all thought Suns in five. <clears throat> yeah, we all thought Suns in five, yeah. and I think Nobody we could all thought agree it would be a sweep. And, and I think we can all agree that we all thought Game Three was probably the game that they would drop, yeah. and that's exactly mm -hmm. what happened. I think the Suns bounce back in Game Four, and then they take care of business in Game Five, and then we were all right. Yeah. Can we can we talk about the fact that these masks over the years have not changed much at all? Like they, there's no, like. You would think they'd have some way now with all the technological advances and everything to protect that nose without causing peripheral vision issues and all sorts of things. Like they haven't figured out a way to just create something that just goes solely on the nose and, and tapes up <clears throat> this way or something like I, it, it Dude, centuries in the future, they couldn't figure out how to regulate Darth Vader's breathing. So no, I mean, you're <laughs> expecting way too much. Oh, yeah, but they had hoverboards in Back to the Future by this point. Like, there's ways. Come on. 
<clears throat> do, do you want do what do you want uh Devin Booker to wear like a Groucho uh, Marx freaking glass shirt or something like that? Hey, <laughs> hey if, it, if it makes him shoot normal again, I don't care. Cut the nose off. Go red skull for all I care. Oh if it goodness. if it makes it better. But how baller was Devin, right? They uh <laughs> Rachel Nichols says they barely gave him a much they didn't knock him out to crack his nose back in place where he had three separate breaks. If we had a big baller of the week award, it would be going to Devin Booker just solely for that. Like the the pain, the cringe inducing pain from just hearing those words, let alone going through it. Uh, major, major props to Devin Booker for that. Nobody else? All right. Then. I think we've come <laughs> to the end of our no, show. Imagine, I, I, wouldn't I that be great? Anything. Somebody said we should give him uh, the Darth Vader mask to actually wear. And then he. he <laughs> would breathe normally um yeah we could do that or the iron man mask that'd be great if he just like or the guardians of the galaxy where he just hits like something behind his ear and just goes you know let's do all that but in the absence of that i guess we're stuck with the you know the face shield i i love that uh i love that we started off with freddie coleman telling us how funny we were and and we end it with whatever the hell this has been. Yeah, <laughs> Harry Potter, Harry minutes. Potter, Star Wars, you know, like the whole, the whole nerd, nerd the whole nerd. Gamut if Star right Wars there. actually happened a long time ago, long, long ago, like Bob reminds us. What the hell? How did we forget technology then? Because how, how are we so far, far, far behind? away? It was nerds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's time to wrap this thing up. Uh, we appreciate everybody for watching and listening to this episode. Special thanks to our guest, Freddie Coleman. You can follow him at yep. Coleman ESPN on Twitter. You can follow Dave, the cockfighting king, at uh, <laughs> Dave King NBA. The NBA is there because that's his cover story. He's really running an underground chicken fighting ring. Uh, and <laughs> you can follow the, the Carmel Thunder from down under. It's Saul Bookman at Saul underscore Bookman. The underscore is there because he just wants to get away from, from us as fast as possible with all this nerd talk. So the Bookman and the Saul are trying to run away in different directions. You can follow me at Espo. You can follow the show at Suns Solar Panel. Don't forget, you can get your Armani Mode t-shirts. Head to shirts.solarpanelpod.com. That's shirts.solarpanelpod.com. Pick up your Armani, Armani Mode t-shirt. Support the show. Uh, support all of our great sponsors that I butcher reads for DraftKings Manscaped. <laughs> Uh, and then don't forget to join us live tonight after the game. That's right. You get not only the morning with us, but a nightcap with us. It's like yep. you were in a relationship with us, waking up with us <laughs> and going to bed with Wake us. Wake up with us in the morning and go to bed with yep. us at night. But, but we will bring in uh, a few special guests. The guys from the solar panel will be joining us tonight. We are we are the solar I mean, panel there. I mean, we are the solar panel. I don't know if you knew that or not. but I don't. You know. The jam session. I <laughs> I, Man, I feel were, like I've been chugging were, with the fellas since last night yeah. and don't know what the hell's going on today. It's, it's been a rough one for you, but it has, it has, it's uh, it, I'm wearing a mask as well. You just can't see <laughs> the mask of shame for all the things I've screwed up. So that is it. That is another edition of the solar panel in the books. We'll talk to you after the game tonight. Oh, hoy. Barkley 20 footer. Yes. Over the top. Turn around, shot in the 